Hey, this is Chris. Before we get to the show, let me tell you a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is our way of we record podcasts. Fantastic. Let me tell you why. It's easy. It's free. There are creation tools that we can record and edit your podcast right from your phone and your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on such um, providers as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in a podcast and so much more. Check out Anchor, and you can find it all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor, it's a fantastic way of creating your first podcast and making it work. Hey everybody, Craig Schaub here with Going Streaming here on the Ohioan Podcast Network. Uh, today I'm going to be looking at a couple of things and I'm going to be discussing something uh, that uh, is kind of exciting and also uh, maybe some uh, nerves as well. But uh, the first uh, movie that I'm going to review is In the Heights. I had a chance to check out In the Heights, the new uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda written musical, the award-winning stage uh, production comes to screen John Chu directs he's the director of uh, crazy rich asians i think he does a great job here of letting the talent shine and creating this atmosphere around the music that the the the, the cast is uh, singing ultimately creating washington heights as this extra character we see some of the bodegas we see some of the salons and some of the other small businesses that are run uh, by primarily uh, dominican uh, people, but also we see some of the issues that people face with uh, other business owners coming in and kind of taking that turf as well. But really, I think the biggest thing that I took away from this was the cast in their passion for the roles they played, the singing, the lyrics were fantastic. Lynn Manuel Miranda really seemingly can go can do no wrong when it comes to um, writing music for the screen. Anthony Ramos, who uh, is the the lead here, but this is a, a movie that's shared by so many other actors and actresses. But Anthony Ramos really stands out to me as a future star in this in this industry. He really commands the screen. Um, could be a borderline Oscar caliber performance. It's one of those things where um, I would not be surprised if uh, Ramos does get an, an Oscar nomination uh, for his role. This is a movie that, even though it came out in June. The idea that, you know, it might get overlooked by the Academy in the fall, um, you know, as more more and more contenders come out could be a possibility. But I really hope that people really remember In the Heights because it was one of those types of movies that really brings you a lot of energy and passion and and just uh, a kineticism about it. Just really an interesting film of, of movement and song and dance, but also telling an interesting love story and uh, you know, and, and Ramos's character is is trying to get back to his home country, to uh, operate and and live his sort of dream back at home rather than live in the American dream that he has you know had with his bodega. Um, but obviously, it's it's a love story in some ways with he and uh, Melissa Barrera, uh, who plays his love interest in this movie. But there's also some side characters. I also want to point out uh, from the side characters' perspective, Corey Hawkins really 
gives a terrific performance, both singing and, and emotions that he, you know, had in this film. Uh, he plays a love interest of Leslie Grace, who's uh, plays uh, his boss's daughter, uh, who he's had a relationship with, but they broke up as she went to college. But this is a movie that really delves into a lot of extra detail about some of the struggles that um, you know men and women face that are coming over in America, whether it's first generation, second generation, or beyond, that are struggling to find their identity in this small small knit community, while other people are building around them and maybe you know leaving them behind in some ways, but then also the struggles that they have with with citizenship and becoming full-fledged Americans and, and really truly believing that they are Americans rather than, you know, than just people that have, you know, immigrated there, their parents, you know, raised them there. They're maybe, uh, you know, dreamers or something like that. This is a really complex at times, maybe a little bit too long in the tooth for me at over two hours and 20 minutes or so. Um, so I, I will say that you know, you could have trimmed down that two hour and 23 minute runtime by about five, 10 minutes. And I still think you would have had everything you needed. But at the end of the day, the musical numbers, the set pieces are just so fantastic and so energetic. And it's hard not to smile. And it's hard not to, to root for these characters that are going through this journey. And even though it doesn't quite, I am very close to, to saying that this is a four star movie. I have to ding it a little bit i think because it's a little bit longer and a, a little bit you know uh too long for my liking i think it maybe five ten minutes cut out probably could have done um but at the end of the day it's still just a fantastic movie i highly highly recommend this and i hope it's one of those movies that does do well next year at the academy awards because it definitely um is one of my favorite musicals that i've seen in recent memory uh, it's something that I can't wait to see again. You can still see it in theaters in some uh, locations. And if you can, I definitely recommend trying to get out there and watch this before uh, maybe it comes back out on HBO Max or on uh, video as well. So definitely recommend three and a half stars out of four for me for In the Heights. I definitely really love this movie. Just couldn't get enough of it. Uh, hopefully, um, you know, get a chance to watch it again and, and, and maybe a second viewing. I might bump it back up to four stars and think maybe it wasn't too long. Maybe it was the perfect right. You know, it was well paced. I just felt like it was a little bit too much, a little too long. Maybe an extra scene or two that was in there that maybe didn't have to necessarily be in there. But at any rate, I still love the film. Three and a half stars for In the Heights. Go see it. Um, I'm sure it will be on HBO Max within the next few months as well after having its 30-day same-day release as theatrical release. But uh, as of right now, you can still see it in theaters, uh, so I definitely uh, will recommend you see that. Now, this next review is kind of an interesting one because it's been more than 500 days since I last went to a movie in the theater. The last movie that I saw was Sonic the Hedgehog, which actually was a pleasant surprise. So I guess, uh, you know, for all the movies that I could have seen before, uh, I ended up not being able to because of theatrical closes, because of COVID and things like that. I was actually a fan of Sonic the Hedgehog, giving it three stars in a pleasantly surprising movie. Now, after 500 plus days, I finally decided let's get back to the theaters. We're, we're vaccinated. Um, you know, COVID seems to be more of a, you know, uh, not in the rear view necessarily completely, but sort of in that rear view mirror. 
And I thought, let's go to the movies. And we, my wife and I decided to go see Black Widow. Um, obviously, the 80-plus million-dollar box office take. Um, this is the culmination of Natasha Romanoff, Black Widow's character, or the, uh, the character of Black Widow, Natasha Romanoff, played by Scarlett Johansson. She played this first-ever role in 2010's Iron Man 2, and she has essentially been a part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe ever since with key roles in other movies like Civil War and the Infinity Saga. And um, just really, really have liked Johansson in this role. She's done a great job with it. And I was always kind of curious what it would be like maybe if they made a feature film with Black Widow. And I know a lot of other people were, you know, wondering, you know, why is it taking it so long? Obviously, the movie was supposed to have come out last year, but because of COVID, it did get you know pushed back multiple times, and rightfully so. They wanted to capitalize on the box office. Now, aside from seeing this movie in theaters, you can also see it with Disney Plus Premier Access, which is a $30 uh, purchase. But um, I will say this. I really didn't know what to expect with this. I, I didn't. I thought that there was plenty of the, of the Romanoff character that they could definitely do an origins type series movie where, you know, we kind of get a little bit of a gauge of, of, of who she is as a, as a character and maybe uh, sort of her dealings growing up as a Russian sleeper cell. And uh, this movie starts off with her, her sister, Yelena, well, kind of sister Yelena, who's played uh, as an adult by the terrific Florence Pugh. And then also the mother and father of this fake sleeper cell uh, family David Harbour and Rachel Weisz, who are both fantastic in this movie. I'll get back to them a little bit later. Uh, but they're in Ohio for a couple of years as uh, Harbour, who is the uh, Red Guardian, sort of the Captain America style in uh, in Russia, is uh, on missions. And he ends up they end up fleeing. The daughters are separated at that point, And they're essentially grown to become super spies, super uh, sleeper cell agents for Russian that, you know, can obviously just kill anybody in a, in a moment's notice and, and are some of the best uh, agents out there. So we get the setup here of, of Romanoff and Elena and how they kind of grow up. And then now we get to their adult stage where obviously we've known Johansson's character for quite a while now, especially as she sort of turned into a good guy, essentially a good person, where she used to be a Russian agent. Now she's a good person working for S.H.I.E.L.D., working with the Avengers. And we kind of see her origin story a little bit, but then also she gets thrust a little bit into sort of a news story where conspiracy theories or conspiracy ties to her past begin to arise. And she's going to try to uh, eliminate a former target whom she thought she already eliminated. Uh, and that target is Drakoff, who's played by the great Ray Winstone. Love Ray Winstone ever since I saw him in, uh, um, the Departed. He was fantastic in that film. He's great as the the villain here. A lot of people have kind of said that Taskmaster is the villain in this in this movie, and kind of they you know Taskmaster is played by Olga Kurylenko, but really the the main villain is Ray Winstone's Drakov. He's the 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 leader of the pack, so to speak. You know, taking these young women as kids and putting them into a sleeper cell role, where they'll become trained assassins and basically be controlled by him. So aside from what you would expect in a movie like this, we, we know you're going to get great action sequences, uh, explosions, and just unlimited amounts of deaths and 
car chases and things like that. And I think, you know, even though Kate Shortland has made more of a career in TV and independent film, I think she does a solid job of handling this movie overall. There are times where the action's a little bit choppy and, un, you know, unrecognizable of what's going on, uh, maybe because of handheld camera movements. But overall, I think Shortland does a really nice job. But I think the the, the benefit here for her for her film was the script. I think the script is actually fairly solid for a superhero film, but more importantly, the acting we get from Florence Pugh, David Harbour, Rachel Weisz, and of course Scarlett Johansson and Ray Winstone are always great too, but Harbour and Weisz and Pugh, I could watch a, a movie series, a TV series of those three people just going at each other in the funniest comical way possible because those three people just at times they're they're lovey-dovey and then and at other times they're very much uh not liking to be in the presence of each other and it's very fun the interplay between those three and the just overall comedy that all three of them bring to this movie uh along with johansson's great you know always reliable performance from johansson um, but ultimately I was pleasantly surprised, and, and I know at, at times I thought to myself, am I going to like this because it's the first theatrical experience that I've had in 520-some days? Maybe at times I thought, well, I'm, I'm, I'm invested into this because I'm in the theater, I'm watching it, I'm engrossed by it, I don't have any distractions other than a couple of people kicking my seat and talking, but at the end of the day, it really worked for me, the comedy, the one-liners from all these actors. It really did work for me, and that's why I would definitely recommend three stars out of four for Black Widow. Uh, like I said, I mean, it looks like Florence Pugh's uh, Yelena is definitely going to be in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But like I said, if Disney Plus ever wanted to have uh, some kind of a uh, you know sleeper cell or some kind of a Red Room uh, series involving David Harbour's Alexi, who's the Red, uh, Red Guardian, and um, um, the great Rachel Weisz's Melina, who's his uh, fake wife, if you will. I would love to see a series with those two because they are so fun together. They bring a lot of great comedy, really cut through some of the drama and some of the uh, you know intrigue that's going on and gives you a little bit of a palate cleanser throughout the movie. But definitely loved David Harbour and Rachel Weisz together. I think I'd love to see them in a Disney Plus series. So Disney Plus... If you're ever looking for an extra series to, to, to green light, how about that? Alexi and Melina or the adventures of Red Guardian or something would be so fun because David Harbour is fantastic in this uh, role. Uh, Rachel Weisz is also fantastic, but David Harbour really stands out to me. So as I said before, three stars for Black Widow. I really enjoyed it. Scarlett Johansson, again, I'm glad she got her origin story as she now uh, essentially kind of exits the Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, but I think she definitely, um, you know, got got a good movie to to end her her career on for a Marvel Marvel. And who knows, they may ever they may end up bringing her back. You never know. But uh, definitely worth your time. You can see it, like I said, in theaters right now, or you can also see it on Disney Plus for the premier access price of thirty dollars. You know, as I said before, there were there were times last year when I wanted to go to the movies. I wanted to. You know, it's, it's always a thing that I like to do at least, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 times a year, go to the movies, especially when I was in college. I loved going to the theater. Uh, last year, like I said, February was the last uh, movie that I saw uh, was Sonic the Hedgehog. And then after that, the shutdowns happened uh, about a month or so later. And 
missed out on a lot of opportunities and a lot of people missed out on opportunities. A lot of industry was lost because of this. People had to move, you know, Black Widow, for instance, was a movie slated for last last year to be released. And obviously that didn't happen because of COVID. And there's a lot of other movies, countless other movies that had to be moved off of their their either summer blockbuster release schedule or the fall or the winter. So it was a lot of sadness there. And I, I, I missed it. I missed the theater. I got a little comfortable, I think, going back to, um, you know, watching movies on TV and streaming and stuff like that. But having gone back, you know, to the to the movie theater to watch Black Widow, I will have to say, I don't think there's anything that really can be a movie theater experience. Now, there were a couple of things that I would say that that ruined my experience to a certain degree, uh, one of which was a little kid, probably three, four or five years old, something like that, who was sitting a, a sort of catty corner from me behind me. Um, and someone else that was sitting on my other side that was kicking my seat the entire time, basically. Uh, but the young girl, unfortunately, she was asking a lot of questions like what's going on. And I don't necessarily know if it was a, a movie that I would necessarily bring a young kid to because, you know, at the end of the day, the one thing about Marvel movies is there are, you know, deaths and murders and things like that. Now, granted, they don't do it in a blood splatter way. There still are some, you know, adult themes to that. I don't know that I would bring a younger kid like that to the theater, especially one that might be a little talkative too and have to ask questions about what's going on or what happened there or why that happened. So that was one of the things, but I also kind of remember too that um, I kind of looked at it like, this is why I like going to the theater. I, I liked everything about it. You know, even the kids kicking my seat or the smell of the popcorn or the, the, the intrigue of the trailers that, you know, arrive right before the black widow movie started. So at the end of the day, it was a it was a fun experience. I'm so happy to get back. And now that I've been back to the theater, I still want to continue going. I will say that um, I had no problems with the cleanliness or any issues like that with how the theater was set up or how it was cleaned or whatever. I think everything was fine. Uh, and I went to the uh, Cinemark in Sandusky, Ohio for my uh, my film. So I, I feel like it's a, I'm confident in going back, you know, as more movies come out that I'm interested in seeing. And there will be some here in the near future. But um, I'm definitely happy to be back. And it was a good experience to to get back to the theater after being away for so long. So uh, let us know what you guys think. Are you guys going back to the theater or how long have you been going back to the theater? Or are you still a little gun shy about going back uh, with COVID, the Delta variant out there as well? So. Feel free to leave some comments on it, but this has been Craig Shop with Going Streaming, and this is the Ohioan Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend, Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer. You know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was look, looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high-impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope. To learn more about our podcast and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com.